Hi there, folks. Good to have you with us today. Welcome to NTI's Japan Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Ziv Nakajima again. Beautiful sunny autumn day here in Japan. Corona numbers remain stable. A few hundred new cases per day, which for a country of about 125 million people is pretty low. Um, foreign residents, business travelers, students are now allowed back in the country, and the government is hoping to start allowing tourists in as well by next spring. So fingers crossed, and only if the current situation doesn't escalate by then, of course. Um, but as things look now, feeling a little bit hopeful here. Okay, so for today's episode, we've got yet another recording of a business call for you. Um, this one with a US-based client who's in the market for a holiday home, a house, as many people are these days, because while it's true that, again, visitors are not really allowed in the country just yet, it is still very much a buyer's market at the moment, exactly for the same reason, with prices still depressed or at the very least still very soft. And this one's actually done her homework. So she's researched to the best of her ability and actually succeeded in shortlisting a couple of properties that she likes. And although the location is not ideal from her perspective, uh, she has tried contacting the sellers and their agents and even had a bit of success. But as things usually turn out here, she sooner ran across the usual. So a remote foreigner who doesn't speak Japanese, ooh, scary. So that hurdle. And that was when she contacted us. So in this call, we discuss some general practices and market tendencies, explain a little bit about the purchase process and present some common practices, challenges, and workaround solutions that we can help implement. I like this conversation in particular because it presents some potential research and offer-making uh, techniques and strategies that can be pursued simultaneously without running the risk of running afoul of some of the more common um, no-nos that many new buyers are not always aware of and tend to stumble upon when they try to do things on their own. And it also touches on some of our favorite spots here in Kyushu, which is where we happen to be based as well. And that's always a good thing to talk about. So I hope you enjoy our chat as much as I did. And I shall see you again on the other side. Okay, go for it. So how can we help? So I've been looking at real estate in all over Japan. I've been focused on Kyushu and Southern Honshu. So... Um, I was originally looking at Fukuoka, as I said, but expanded my search and have found a couple of places. And I'm hoping that you can be my buying agent so that we can complete the transactions in Japanese because I'm not Japanese and I don't speak Japanese and I don't read Japanese okay. yet. And you've, you've highlighted a couple of potential properties around Kitakyushu, I think. One of them is in Kitakyushu, and the other is in Kure, or outside of Kure, outside of Hiroshima. Yeah, so kind of um, a bit northeast of Kitakyushu and southwest of Hiroshima, right? Mm-hmm. And you're, this is going to be a holiday home, yes? I guess if that's what you call it, because we're not residents, or um, we don't have a, any kind of a work visa or anything like that, so we'll just be able to stay as long as, as the the government allows us to stay. Okay, and you're, you're happy with these locations for a place to stay when you come over, even though they're a little bit more countryside than Fukuoka City, where you've been looking at? We, we're still looking at Fukuoka. That's our first choice. But um, right now, I'm, I mean, I found some nice um, apartment properties in Fukuoka, um, and I've been looking at Itoshima yep. or like, um, detached homes, and I'm really interested in a, in a used detached home that has a lot of character or is older, is wooden, um, 
versus the modern steel con- reinforced concrete homes, although I, the modern homes look great and they're super clean and their kitchens are sparkling and their bathrooms are sparkling. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, I would like to be able to do that work ourselves okay. and pick the finishes that we like and make it um, suitable for us in our style, but while preserving all the kind of the historic charm of the old home. So those both of those homes have that. Harder to find that in Boca um, proper, like the areas that I've been looking at are the Nishi area and um, around Hakata Station because uh, we, we're familiar with that area yep. and we like it. We like it a lot. We like being around the hustle and bustle of the city, yep. uh, but it's just hard to find a used attached home uh, there because it seems like apartments are just more popular. The yep. more modern, the more better. But have you have you looked deeply into Itoshima? Because there should be quite a few of them there. I only can see what I can see on the marketing sites. Yeah. Um, so I think, there aren't that many. I mean, look, we're, we're happy to help you with whatever you, uh, you shortlist, okay. but we're also happy to help you research those areas a bit more if you want, if, if you do want to be closer to the city. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. And when I said holiday home, I mean that you're not, I mean, this is not primarily an investment property. So if you get a bit of extra, right. extra cash off it when you're not there, it's good, but it's not the main concern. Exactly. Yeah, okay. we're looking for a base so that we can travel around Japan and have a place to return to. Right. And also it would be a, um, a good uh, traveling location for other destinations across Asia. Right. Well, Fukuoka is very good for that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're interested in going to South Korea, so we're interested in Fukuoka because of the ferry. Um, so, yeah, definitely. I mean, if we can find a way. The thing that I liked about, and I looked at Shimonoseki, um, and I had a home that I loved, but the seller wouldn't sell to a foreigner, which I've, like, you know, that's, a, that's one of the things I'm hoping that you can help with is that, like, there's just... It's just the way it is that discrimination on foreigners isn't legal, but it's also not something that can be um, easily, you know, managed by the government. So that's just another challenge. But the reason I was interested in Shimonoseki is because it is at the juncture of three different seas. So it's got the Seto Inland Sea, which is kind of the first part of Japan I was looking at uh, moving to. Um, it's got the Bay of Japan and it's got the Pacific and all three of them meet there and it's super close to Fukuoka Prefecture so mm-hmm. you can, you know, walk to Kitakyushu um, and uh, it's, it's not, I'm also interested in like, you know, really nice beaches so mm-hmm. um, Shimonoseki has um, lots of really nice beaches including Doigahama and um, Tsushima Um but it, it was tough. I mean, you're right in saying that um, it's illegal to discriminate, but it's not being enforced whatsoever. So yeah. it's not really, yeah. it's completely toothless law. So we um, we try to bridge that gap by giving the, um, obviously giving you a, an English point of contact, but mainly giving the Japanese side um, the assurance that they'll never need to speak to scary foreigners and <laughs> look at English documents and any of that sort of thing. And while we don't get 100% success, we probably get about 70 80% success with the real tours. Um, okay. 
I mean, once in a blue moon, you do come across a seller who just doesn't want to sell to foreigners on principle, even if there's a Japanese company in the middle. Um, but yeah. it is quite rare. So in most cases, we should be able, we should be able to manage um, to facilitate the purchase. Um, mm-hmm. But there could be, I mean, there could be quite a few attempts until we actually end up settling on something that satisfies you. I mean, there could be um, some companies that would not want to work with us and we'd have to look at another property. And there could be some rounds of negotiation. I mean, the price might yeah. be too high. You might try to make a lower offer. They might refuse it. So, I mean, just normal yeah. real estate stuff. Yeah. Mm. So the ones I sent you, the, uh, the, the agencies have been open and um, have been willing, I would say, willing to work with me to a certain point. It's just now that we're at the point where um, the, you know, one of, when I'm ready to make an application, they let me know it's going to be in Japanese. They also, COVID has like brought on all kinds of weird stuff. So like, I'm not traveling. To, I wish I could travel to Japan. I can't yeah. travel to Japan to see the house. Yeah. And a lot of uh, the uh, agencies seem to, or the sellers seem to have a little uncomfortable discomfort with selling without, you know, the, the buyer seeing the property in person. Yep. Um, so I think having you as my intermediary will give them comfort because there's just so much lost in translation that I don't understand, yeah. that they don't understand. And so you're going to, I believe, help bring a lot more comfort to say, yes, the seller understands the risks of not buying the property. There's going to be a lot of faith and a lot of trust in this. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, when I sign the contract, I get whatever I get when I get there, when I can get there. Probably 2021. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, th- this is what we do. In some particular cases, some companies um, just have a policy of they don't want to sell without an actual viewing. But we can circumvent that by just um, having us. I mean, once you engage our services, you give us a limited power of attorney document that enables us to represent you. And then we can go and view the property on your behalf as well. So that's Great. not a problem. That's and that's fantastic. Thank you. No worries. And there's no extra charge for that, but you do need to pay us for the transportation. And if it's too far and we need to spend the night accommodation as well. Okay. Yeah. So um, I'll walk you through the process of um, how to engage us in, in a little while. But before that, just with location. So do you... Have you set your mind at ease on those um, those particular properties, or would you like to research a few, um, maybe one um, closer to the city? I would I would like to go as far as I can with both of these because if you've seen the price, they are pretty low priced yeah. homes. Yeah. Um, but I, to be honest, like my husband and I are, uh, we live right outside of San Francisco. We were we were planning to move to New York. We like big cities. We also think that Tokyo and Osaka could be really great to have, like, city places, but we don't really know. I think he and I, when we travel, we can tell right away when we like a place. Yeah. Um, and we liked every place we saw in, in Japan, but we really fell in love with Fukuoka. But we didn't spend a lot of time in Osaka. Yeah. And we spent a lot of time in Tokyo, but... Too you, much, you can't right? see it in three days <laughs> and you never get enough I, like you can never get enough of a big city at least I you know yeah. I can't ever get enough of New York um, so I feel like once we get there that will be a time for us to um, really get a feeling for what's important to us at that point in time 
Okay, well, the reason I'm asking is because um, there's no legal obligation when you submit an offer, but um, Japan being Japan, there's all these um, um, manners-related issues and uh, just the way things are done kind of thing. And essentially, if you submit an offer and the offer was accepted, um, Mm -hmm. pulling it back without a very valid reason, such as, you know, the due diligence info comes in and you find out that there's something really... Um, yeah. not, not so, but if you just pull back because you actually had a change of heart and you're going for another property, that would burn yeah. our relationship with that realtor. So we really yeah. want to avoid doing I that. I understand. Yeah. I understand. So if we do want to yeah. potentially, if we do want to potentially consider a few other spots, maybe let's mm-hmm. maybe do the research before we start submitting any offers, and then mm-hmm. you can choose from whatever we find. The one that I'm. Uh closest to right now is the one in Kure. Okay. Uh, um, the reason is because it's a great home and it's got a, it's on a lot of land. Mm-hmm. And it also has parking. And I, I I don't know how quickly or slowly things go in Japan. They go really fast in, in the States in terms of like when there's a really great property waiting means could mean that you just lose it. So I don't I would love your input on whether that you think that would be the case here or whether that's something that the selling um, agent would be able to tell us, like, you know. Well, it mainly depends on the price and the condition of the property. If it's well-priced mm-hmm. and it's in good condition, then um, mm-hmm. it would go fast. Condo units do go a lot faster than houses. Houses will stay on the market usually for at least a few months mm-hmm. um, just because it's a lot easier to... Um, to find somebody who wants to live in a, in a condo as opposed to a house. Mm-hmm. Um, a house, do you need a family? Why is that? Um, just because of the way the population is here. I mean, there are a lot more singles and couples without kids than there are family-sized units. So if you've got a couple with two, three children, that's a bit of a rarity in Japan. They're mostly like no children or one child. Um, so they normally go for a apartment and if they go for a house um, again big cities obviously go a lot faster than smaller cities mm-hmm. um, so I mean we can look at the listing and when it was exactly um, when it was published for the first time but usually you mm-hmm. have at least a month before a house is spoken for okay unless it's a spectacular really cheap deal in the middle of a big city but that's not the case with those two so well, the one at Kitakyushu, I have not seen the inside of. That's the only thing I would like to do. And the selling agent said, that's great, but get somebody who speaks Japanese first before we do that. Okay. So I haven't even seen the inside of the second property, but the reason why Kitakyushu is, is also equally interesting, It's a, again, it's a really low price for a home. Yep. Um, it's on city gas and water, which at that price is, I think, a little unusual. Yep. And it's really uh, short walking distance to a train station, which means my husband and I don't even need a car. We can just hop on the train and get, get to where we want to go, including Fukuoka and, you know, every place else. You do know that Kirakushu is a bit rough around the edges compared to other cities in Japan, though, right? So I live in Oakland. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So Oakland is also considered rough around the edges, but I hear you on that because... Um, it would be nice to be in a clean, safe city. And well, I mean, it's a, it's a different vibe. It's The population is more blue-collar and a little bit older than it is in... Uh, I mean, Fukuoka is a young, vibrant, modern, white-collar city, so it's it's quite different to that. That's the only thing. So 
just walking down the street at night is not going to be as exciting as it would be in Fukuoka, that's all. I see, I see. Yeah. Well, that's important too. Yeah. That is important because um, we do want to be in a place where we can, I mean, and that's something I don't know, not having spent time there recently, is like the ideal place for us would be, have you been to Paris? Yeah. Um, are you familiar with the Marais? No, no. I've been there a long, long it's, time. It's a walking district and you walk to the butcher, the baker, the, you know, the grocery market at night. Everybody's out in the cafes on the street, and obviously, all of Paris is like that. But the Marais is more so like that, and I think that would be the experience we are we would ideally love to have. Which is why I think that it's going to be important for us to spend time in cities like Osaka and Tokyo because that would be more ideal. Um, well, um, in Fukuoka, you're probably well. Obviously, Tenjin or Hakata would be great, but that'd be very expensive. But in around Nishijin, you might be able to find. So, what's your top budget for if you could get the ideal home? Um, I mean, it's pretty low. Um, like maximum of fifty thousand USD. That's not going to be Fukuoka. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, it could be Toshima, which is like twenty thirty minutes by train to Nishijin to Fukuoka. Um, that's inland though, right? Or is that... No, no it's at, right by that? the beach. Oh. Itoshima. Can you spell that? Itoshima? I thought you said... Oh, you were, Ito- oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, I, I said it wrong. Yeah. I was saying Itoshima, but Itoshima. Yeah. Itoshima. So yeah. that's right on the beach and there are still quite yeah. a few cheap houses yeah. there. And there's also, I mean, mm-hmm. there's cafes and galleries and stuff like that there, but it's usually you have to take a bit of a drive to get there but to get to Fukuoka City is 20-30 minutes by train as opposed to the um, one hour or so from Kitakyushu or half hour by the yeah. bullet train yeah um, so well why don't we do something like that why don't we just start the communication with those two agents and start getting okay. more info and pictures of the interior and okay. stuff that you asked for and in, while we're doing that in the background we can also try to see if we can find anything a bit closer to Fukuoka for you Okay. Um, around that price level, and we'll take it from there. So, now when you're not there, you emailed me about potentially leasing the property out when you're not using it. Yeah, that's like down the road. Okay. I mean, because we have to fix it up for both of these homes need repairs. Like the home in Kure has a Japanese bath, so there's work we have to do before. And the home in Kure also, I don't know what the power situation is. Yeah. But the seller recommends getting solar power. So I don't know if that means like you can't run a hairdryer and a washing machine at the same time. So I don't know what the electrical is for it. Well, I was looking at his ad. It might be just that he's enthusiastic about um, everybody should install solar power. I'm not sure if that's actually because there isn't any normal power leading to the property. Yeah, so. I couldn't tell. Yeah. So we and he sent me photos of the property, so I've seen it. It's beautiful on the inside. I love it. Yeah. It's beautiful on the outside and... Um, it's got, it checks a lot of the boxes. It's not close to a station at all. It's in the middle of nowhere, but that would be the kind of house that it would be. Okay. And, um, with renovating it, are you DIYing it or will you need a renovation company or is that down the track as well? It's down the track because I don't know what's possible. And I mean, to me, like when I see a lot of these homes that are getting renovated, they're all kind of looking very similar. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the, the style and the materials, and that's definitely not something I would be 
that wouldn't be my first choice. My my so I have to ideally I would be able to serve somebody who's local there that you know maybe is a woodworker or um, a craftsman of some sort who might be willing to participate in some way versus bringing, I don't know where everything comes from, if they all come from the same manufacturer, you know, the, the baths that all kind of look similar and the kitchen areas that all kind of look similar Yeah, and they um, do the renovation. But that wouldn't be my first choice. Well, it depends on how much you pay. I mean, the, the cookie cutter type of renovations are usually cheaper. That's the only thing. Oh, uh, okay. Um, and they come as, you know, how the Japanese have the unit bath, like it's a it's the entire room in const in a big yeah. plastic box and they put it yes. in the bath. So those are a lot cheaper to install um, as opposed to custom-made stuff. So, I mean, the sky's the limit, but it depends on how much you want to pay. Yeah. Um, and if you go local, that usually means that, again, you'll need somebody like us to facilitate it. They're not going to be able yeah. to work directly with you. Yeah, understood. Um, so as long as you're okay with that. But like you said, that's down the track, and that also requires a bit more budget planning. So let's, let's yeah. leave that for now. Um, okay, so to engage us, what you'll need to do is... Um, so, a couple of forms signed and witnessed by a notary public or some similar witness with a, like official looking stamp, uh, which is what they like to see here. And then um, you need to pay our fee estimate based on whatever your budget is. So, we'll base it on the uh, 5 million. And then once we find and settle on a property that um, you're satisfied with, then we'll credit or debit as per the actual purchase price. So, it's probably going to be a little okay. bit different than the estimate. Okay. Um, but as soon as we get that um, invoice out of the way, we can start representing you. We're usually not going to be needing to show them the POA until we're actually signing documents. Okay. Um, so you've got a bit of time to work on the documents. Okay. All right. So I'll send you some links to those two documents. And when you're ready to move forward, let me know and I'll issue the invoice as well. Okay. So you're going to email them to me. Are Correct. they fillable in online or do I need to print them and then... And well, you'll need a notary public to sign and stamp them, so they will need to be printed at some point. Okay. But you, you can fill in your, um, it's a Word document, so you can fill in your details um, on your PC and then just print it out and okay. get it signed and witnessed. Okay, great. Okay, and uh, we don't, unfortunately, legal authorities here don't accept electronic signatures or electronic uh -huh. authorization. So it all, it does okay. have to be paper and stamps. Okay. All right. Great. So I'll send those to you, and when you reply to me, also give me a bit of. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll highlight what I think is the action plan, and you just um, edit that and let me know if I got it right or not. Okay, that sounds great. So there you go, holiday home shopping. It can and should be fun, and Japan still has a huge selection of affordable properties available. Uh, as long as you're not looking for anything smack in the middle of a major metropolitan center, so mountainside, riverside, and even beachside holiday homes. Definitely a very viable and cheap option all around the country here. So it's really just a matter of wrapping one's head around how things are done here. And in case you're not physically present and or are not fluent in the language um, and or are not Japanese, it's also a matter of getting the right kind of local representation. And for that purpose, we here at NTI are always at your service, of course. Don't be shy to drop us a line if you'd like to explore your options as well. So hope you've enjoyed today's chat, folks. Do share it with your networks if you think it may strike a chord with anyone else. And we would really appreciate if you could take a moment of your time and leave us a rating, better yet, a review on the iTunes Store or Spotify. 
We really and truly value your opinion. And those reviews help us show up on more people's radars, which of course helps us, but mainly can help them to find the information that they need and the help that they need. So win-win scenario for everyone involved. And we'll be eternally grateful, which is always a good thing. Hope to have you with us again next time. And until then, have a great day or night ahead. Yoshiku.